When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. It is the post-game edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Colts lose to the Chargers 20-3, fall to 4-10-1 in the season. As always, make sure you're downloading and subscribing to the Blue Horseshoe Pod because we have a lot of fun topics here going forward that are not really game-specific because we it's not a lot of joy and fun things talking about when it comes to this team. But there are some interesting stuff off the field, George, and the latest one is how uh, news around the NFL does impact the Colts head coach opening. And today we saw another team, the third team in the NFL, fire their head coach in season. The Denver Broncos fired Nathaniel Hackett. That uh, one-year experiment is now over. And so now the Broncos, Panthers, and Colts are the three teams we know for sure will be looking for a head coach uh, this offseason. And a name already thrown out there by Albert Breer that said there was, you know, a connection. Maybe that name was he heard some rumblings. Uh, even go back to before Nathaniel Hackett was fired uh, last week. That name being tossed around in the Denver circles, Jim Harbaugh. Clearly, that's a name that's, you know, Colts fans know very well. Jim Mercier knows very well. And that's a name that's going to be rumored uh, for this job. But I got to ask, if you're Jim Harbaugh and you can kind of are choosing between the two, Colts and the Broncos, I think there's easily pros and cons for both. If I'm Jim, I'll I'll say this, George, I wonder if you agree or not. I actually kind of think the Colts are a little bit more attractive. Now, the main thing is how you view Russell Wilson. I will Mm -hmm. say this. I think – I still think Russell Wilson can be saved. Like this year has just been an absolute train wreck. And for anyone that will say wasted their Christmas day watching him play on Sunday against the Rams, oof, you saw how far he has gone from his Seahawks days when he was kind of throwing the deep ball. But if you still believe there's talent there and you can be the guy to rein Russ in, we'll say, then I would change my mind and say, oh, you know, the Broncos are a better uh, team because then you have the quarterback. If you think you can fix him, okay, you have a good defense, you got the quarterback, and you should be ready to go. Where obviously you're looking at the Colts team doesn't have a quarterback. But if you don't trust Russ and you look at that five-year, $245 million extension that's about to kick in as well, uh, not even, I think, in two years from now because he had two years left in his deal. So you still you have like seven years left to Russell Wilson. If you don't think you can fix him or you're questioning, you know, you're on the fence about if he's actually going to be the guy or not, I mean, it's better to have a, a clean slate with the Colts than it would be to go to a, a guy that's heavily compensated there for a long time. And it's going to take a lot to try to move off of him either in the short term there's going to be a lot of patience needed to ride out that contract if you you know don't want to trade him and need all that money. You don't have a lot of draft capital either. You gave a lot of that up to to get him at least in the short term. You don't have a lot of draft Good capital, point. and then you're you're going to have a little bit of cap hit too. There, you know, there's going to be some some pain there too. So, um, you know, I think those are two things that are are definitely going to count against the Broncos as coaches go in there. But I do think it comes down to. What your feeling is on Russell Wilson, if you believe, like you said, that, that he can be saved and you can get him back to playing at, at a high level, uh, then you can look at that defense and, and feel like you could win some games. It's a tough division, too. I think that's another thing that, that needs to be brought in there. You know, you, you've got the Chargers are not going anywhere. Um, you've got the Chiefs, obviously, who, who remain one of the best teams in the league. you got to find a way to pass those two right away. Uh, and who knows? The Raiders have shown a little bit of life. Uh, you know, the last few weeks. So maybe they're also upwardly mobile. It, it's not going to be 
the easiest division to walk into. It's not like you're going into the NFC South and, and there's no winning teams or, or even here in the AFC South where there's no winning teams. Um, you know, I think obviously Jacksonville would, would be a team that you would look at that that's on the rise and, and is, you know, potentially going to be somebody you're going to have to, to fight with for the next few years. But I, I think I'd rather do that than fight with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. I mean, if I had to choose my opponent, um, so I think the two things, if I'm Jim Harbaugh, the two things that I'm looking at, uh, would be, how do I feel about this quarterback class? You know, do I feel like with Colts with a top five pick, do I feel like there's a rookie in there or more than one rookie? Because again, if you don't have the number one overall pick, you don't really get to choose that guy. Uh, so do you feel good? Because I, I think you could at number five, you could say they're going to get one of Bryce Young, Will Levis or CJ Stroud. If you feel good about all three of those guys, or you can win with three of those guys, all three of those guys, or you feel confident that they can get in position to get one of them specifically, then I think you feel good about that this job because you could obviously build that guy and, and like we were talking about, you can you know work with them from day one, uh, and that's the best way these things work in the NFL when a, when a head coach and a quarterback come in, you know, pretty much together. It's very rare, but it, it seems like those are really the best kind of situation, especially if that head coach really believes in that quarterback. But the other part of this is, is the Jim Irsay factor. Do you feel like uh, whatever's gone on with him in the past couple of months is, is more of a, a passing kind of a thing, you know, a, a little bit, a few moments of frustration coming out, um, you know, uh, temporary madness, so to speak, or do you feel like he's kind of in a, in a spiral of his own? You know, if, if you feel like there's not stability in that ownership spot, I think every head coaching candidate is going to have to weigh that. Uh, and those are the two factors for all of them, honestly. You know, how do you feel about this quarterback class? And, and do you think you can win with one of these rookies? And then more importantly, honestly, is the is the ownership question. You know, Do you feel like there's stability there? There has been for almost all of his reign. But I think these last couple of months are going to give people pause. Uh, and I think you're going to, you're going to want answers there. Now, I think Harbaugh's in a, a situation more than most of the other cans would come in here to get some really good answers uh, because he can get them directly from the owner because there's a relationship there already, but also the people that he knows in the building, you know, I'm sure he can do his reconnaissance here pretty quickly, pretty easily and, and find out why things have gone the way they have, because he's been here before. And a lot of guys, you know, who work around Jim Irsay, who work in the equipment room, who work in some of the other offices were here when he was here, you know, there's obviously a lot of changes, but there's also people that, that he could, talk to uh who who still are very plugged into this this franchise so uh that to me are the two big things in general i think you would lean a little towards the colts uh because you've got better draft capital you've got a better cap situation uh but again i think a lot of that comes down to your feelings on this particular quarterback draft class and then your feelings on the stability of the owner right now and when it comes to ownership, obviously the, the Walton Penner group buying the Broncos a few months ago, it's like we have no idea what they are. Right? They are total mm -hmm. wild cards. All we know is that they have a ton of money and that they seemingly are not shy to spend it when you fire a head coach 15 games into a, a brand new deal. But it's like you are right. Like Perse can lean for the most part on the majority of his tenure and say, hey, look, for the most I've been hands off. We, you know, this is a, a one off sort of thing. But that's a good point. And think about that with Harbaugh kind of doing its own recon. Like, I think we'll know how also attractive this Colts job is and how uh, how potential candidates view Ursay's decision-making and actions this past year where if Harbaugh is interested in, you know, they're going through the interview process and this is seemingly, you know, there's mutual interest on both sides, 
that's obviously clearly a really good sign. And this is one of those quick things where he's not getting an interview, really kind of brushing off the Colts pretty fast. Also, on the flip side, that kind of goes to show you this is one of those do not touch jobs if you're, uh, you know, the prominent head coach, which is clearly kind of showing you that Jim Harbaugh kind of learned. Uh, Jim Mersey, this is kind of more what we've seen this year, probably more of Jim Mersey moving forward, which is, again, we've hit a lot of worst case scenarios in this pod, George, the last uh, few segments. And that's another right there at the top of the list. If you tell me worst case scenario, if Jim Mersey is going to, kind of lean more towards this year's Jim Mercer going forward compared to, let's say, the last 20 years, 25 years, where for the most part he's been a big fan when it comes to actually touching, you know, touching the business and actually having an impact. He's been, for the most part, letting the people he hire do the work for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, there's no question. And I, I you know, like we said last week, when we kind of touched on this subject a little bit, I think it's something we're going to get an answer to very, very quickly. Uh, probably within the first week after the season's over because you're going to start to see the guys that are interviewing. And when you see, you know, the people that they're bringing in and those names start to come out, you'll start to have an idea of, of how the league views this. If there's obviously Jim Harbaugh would be a big part of that. Although I, I just don't know how public that courtship's going to be. It's in his best interest to deny all of this. I'm sure it won't be long until he's denying the Albert Breer report. You know, he's preparing to, to try to win a national championship. The last thing he needs is talk about him going to the NFL. So I'm sure he doesn't want any of that out there. He's going to try to downplay it. I don't think you're going to hear a lot about his courtship with either of these teams until, you know, there, there's a deal that that's pretty close, you know, that something's getting signed on the, on the dotted line. Um, but I, there's other guys, you know, guys like D'Amico Ryans, some of the guys that are obvious names in this, this cycle, uh, Dan Quinn would be another one guys who are, who are going to get interviewed by multiple teams if several of those guys are either turning down opportunities to interview here or they're just not showing up on that candidates list, it'll be a major red flag. And speaking of all, you know, other kinds outside of just Jim Harbaugh as well, what, especially because this is game is specific since obviously it was against the Chargers and they got a playoff spot. And it's fair to say probably Brandon Sellers job is safe, which if you look at Sean Payton and now there's another report that he's, you know, uh, aligning, an all-star coaching staff together. I still think it's going to be the Colts, but you look around. I mean, the, he, there was a report this week that the three teams he's interested in, or last week, Rams, Chargers, Saints. Well, I don't think Sean McVay's retiring. And if he doesn't, he's not getting that job. It looks like Brandon Saylor is going to be the head coach of the Chargers, at least for next year. Saints are a mess. So it's like if you're Sean Payne and you really want to come back to coaching and you don't want to sit out another year, well, there's not as any, you're not a Russell Wilson fan, let's say. There's not a lot of places you're going to go that you're going to, you kind of be a good spot for you. And I'm just going to point this out, George. It could just be fat fingers on Twitter, which has happened plenty of times. And people have, you know, blamed getting hacked and other things. Someone did tweet at Sean Payton during the Charger game tonight. Fix it, Sean, please. A Colts fan tweeted that. And Sean Payton liked it. Now I saw uh, that. So, I don't, you know, take that for what you will. We've seen plenty of social media um, interesting interactions that never come to fruition. But again, if you're Sean, you look around the landscape. If we want to, you know, kind of end this uh, pod on a positive note, George. Again, I, I think again, you, you talk about the, going back to the Broncos Colts comparison. The Chargers now kind of playing their way out of the possible head coach game. Like there may not be as many openings as you think, and there may not be as many attractive openings for a guy in Champagne if he's desperate to get back. I, the Colts are, are, I will say, looking better, a little bit better and better, partly because of elimination. But hey, we'll take it. It's going to really be interesting to see, you know, because I think uh, right now there's three jobs open. If, 
if the numbers hold up, if it's a normal year, there's going to be at least three more. You know, and it'll be interesting to see who those three are. There's always a couple of surprises in there. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. I, I wouldn't count out Sean Payton just sitting out the year. Um, I know that that's the way it was with John Gruden with almost a decade, maybe yeah. more than that. You know, um, I think he's he's in a unique position to be really, really picky. I don't think he by any means has to choose a job in this cycle. Uh, and if I was him, I, I frankly wouldn't. You know, if I had a three job list and, and none of those three jobs open up, just sit back and, and wait, see how things go for Brandon Staley next year, see how things go for Sean McVay. Uh, I think he's in a really good position that way, you know, where he can just kind of sit back and, and, and kind of survey the landscape. That being said, if I'm Jim Irsay, you know, and I'm willing to write a big check, I'll give him a call. You know, I'll see. I think you've got, if you're going to cast a wide net, the way Irsay has said he, he is, you've got at least got to check in, you know, you've at least got to, and I know there was interest in the past. I mean, there, there was, uh, I want to say 2016, you know, a flirtation there that was reported. And, and then Peyton ended up getting an extension with the with Saints. But um, I think the biggest hurdle here is is what's going to be required, not just the the money uh, when you're already paying Frank Reich not to coach your team. You know, it's going to be probably tough to, to come up with the money for Sean Payton. But you've got to give draft capital to, to the Saints to get him back. You know, the, there's not whoever hires him is going to owe compensation in New Orleans. And I think the rebuild right now is steep enough here that that's something the Colts might not be interested in doing. But I think your your point is also right, too. Like, you got to reach out. Like, I don't think, again, mm-hmm. even with just kind of joking before, and maybe, you know, the Colts are now looking prettier because there's less and less places are, are around and open. And if he's that desperate and the Colts are the best or the worst, hey, I'm not going to complain he's head coach next year. But you're like, whether you actually think Sean Payton is realistic, and I'm, I would probably say he's not realistic, but you still have to give him a call. Like I said, you still have to just do your due diligence, get a at least throw the offer out there, make it known that, hey, look, we tried, it didn't work, but fine. But you can't just sit there and go through a head coaching search that's like Jeff Saturday, you know, maybe Jim Harbaugh and like, you know, two or three other guys that, you know, haven't really heard of before and not give Sean Payton a call. You got to just see what he's going to do. But it's going to be interesting because like I said each and every week now that a head coaching uh, hot seat meter, if you will, continues to kind of fluctuate. Kyler Murray, you know, we'll see what Cliff Kingsbury, kind of him tearing his ACL last week, how that impacts if Cliff is fired or, you know, reported maybe he wants to walk away, how attractive, if attractive, uh, that Cardinals job is with Kyler out maybe all of next year. So it's it's really interesting that, you know, the, the, this head coach hot seat and this, how a head coach carousel – it's going to be fascinating to watch. Like I said, probably will double in size from three to six or seven with maybe a surprise or two, but it's definitely going to be unpredictable, and it's definitely kind of steal a line from Aaron Rodgers and the pod here, George. Kind of breaking in, in the Colts' favor a little bit. You know, you're, you're starting to get at least a few teams maybe bowing out that were kind of borderline a few weeks ago of will their coach be fired or not that were attractive destinations now starting to break towards their coach will be back which is obviously a good sign for the Colts for sure. So that'll do it for this edition of the Blue Horseshoe Pod. Again, the Colts fall to the Chargers 20-3. to to uh, Only two more games to go. That is for sure at 4-10-1 as they race to as high, as high in the draft board as they possibly could get right now sitting there. Number five, which is, hey, so far so good. Still a little more to climb for sure, but they are in prime position to make a move to maybe get their franchise quarterback come April. 
So we'll keep an eye on that. We will be back midweek to kind of still break some things down and see what else Jim Mercer say this week, George. You know, I'm sure he won't be quiet. I'm sure he'll be talking to someone. So they'll, in a season that's been filled with cold drama seemingly almost every day, every week, I'm sure there'll be something for us to break down next time we talk to you. So make sure you're downloading and subscribing for uh, to the Blue Horseshoe Pod, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you follow George on Twitter at GM Bremer. You can check me out at Ryan underscore Hickey and the number three. We'll talk to you later this week right here on the Blue Horseshoe Pod.